0: Well, once again, welcome to church. Glad that you're here. If you're joining us online or in a coffee shop or you're driving somewhere, we're glad that you're here as well. And to my friends in the room, thanks for coming along for this ride. The past couple of weeks have been a roller coaster for sure. Lots of ups and lots of downs. I got an email telling me about an entire adult family that came to Jesus. They all came to Jesus during this last COVID season. For me, that's an exhilarating up. I've continued to do memorial after memorial after memorial. I tell you, watching people hurt, that's a heartbreaking down. Got to see a group of pastor friends in Chicago. That was an up. Many of them are considering quitting. That's a down. Got stranded in Chicago because of an oil leak on the plane. That was a further down. But then I got to come home, so that was an up. Came home to the news that my friend Raul Chavez had passed away. That was a down. Got to watch people get baptized this weekend. That's an up. Laurel and I tried to get home on a plane last Sunday afternoon in the middle of a rainstorm that you were hosting. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. Um, The many attempted landings created an up, down, up, down, up, down, up, fly to Pasco for more fuel, down, up, and then finally, thank you, Jesus down on the, the actual earth ups and downs. Near the end of the time Jesus was here on earth, he shared a time with a group of men known as the disciples. The disciples had experienced both ups and downs, but to a whole other level of extreme. They walked with Jesus into Jerusalem in what was known as the triumphal entry. Jesus is embraced with a hero's welcome. That was an up. Less than a week later, they see Jesus betrayed, falsely accused, tried, and murdered on a cross. That's a down. They were hunted as the followers of Jesus that's another down then Jesus comes back from the dead that's an up we'll stick with that one he starts showing up to larger groups of people he's talking with them eating with them challenging them and lifting them up and then Jesus announces I'm leaving there's a down <laughs> he's leaving what do you do with that Acts chapter 1 actually tells us what happens. The Bible says in my former book, Theophilus. So it's a, uh, the book of Acts is an actual letter written to a person, a guy named Theophilus, because we've been doing a series called Named. His name means dear to God or lover of God. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all uh, about the, what Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he would chosen, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I love this moment because after everything that's happened, the guys are still clueless. It makes me feel better because after all the years that I've been walking with Jesus, there are moments I just still feel really clueless about what is happening. It says, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Can I say that again out loud? It is not for you to know The dates or the times the Father has set out by his authority. Why is it important that we don't need to know the dates or times? Because we know the one who does know the dates and the times. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. There it is. Jesus named them witnesses. In Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, and after this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. There's a parallel passage with Acts chapter one. We find it in Luke 24. It adds a few more important details. Let me throw this one at you. It says, when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. That first scripture that I read in Acts chapter 1 is the beginning of a movement that's still moving today. You wouldn't be here if you weren't a part of the movement. It's the beginning of the church. The church was actually named in this moment, it was named to become a global movement, and movements are actually supposed to move. It's a movement of God's kingdom and God's people. But it's interesting that the beginning of the church is triggered by the leaving of Jesus. Let me unpack the context for you. In the days before Jesus leaves, it's as if he just stops and says, Hey friends, a couple of things before I go. Just a couple of things. Before Jesus leaves, here's what he says. And here's what he does. He preaches what he practices and practices what he preaches. Verse one, it just says, Jesus began to do and teach. What's the important, or what's the point? What's so important about that? It's that we as the followers of Jesus are actually supposed to continue to do what Jesus was doing, preaching what we practice and practice what we preach. Jesus is saying, do as I do. Isn't it interesting? What's, what's the equivalent of that in our modern culture? We say, do what I say, not what I do jesus says no actually do what i say and do what i do let's be consistent it's the fulfillment of what jesus said in john 14 he said the works that i do you will also do and even greater works than these you will do because i am going to the father boy we get this wrong all the time don't we boy we preach but we don't practice and there's a word for that hypocrisy being consistent that is tough but let's be honest right seeing inconsistency in somebody else oh that's easy I can pick out hypocrisy in somebody else's life and you give me a millisecond I can pick it out in you but when it comes to picking it out in me that's hard seeing it in it in ourselves there's a name for that too when we can't see it that's hypocrisy when we can see it here's what that is it's called spiritual maturity so God has called us to continue in that work. We are to preach what we practice, practice what we preach. Jesus is actually doing that and inviting his followers that he's named to be his witnesses to follow his example. What an amazing opportunity we have in our county right now to follow that example. I think Jesus would show up and pull mud-soaked carpets out of people's homes. Amen? Amen? I think Jesus would show up and give a hug to somebody whose home has just been devastated. I think Jesus would not run from a flood. I think he'd run to a flood. Number two, he confirms his resurrection. Verse number three, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating, why in the world would the Bible talk about Jesus' food consumption? Let me tell you why. A few years back, there was a a controversy. It boiled all over the place because someone located an ancient document called the Gospel of Judas. People were freaking out because it was like, I thought there was only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John now all of a sudden we've got the gospel of judas what in the world are we supposed to do with that well i actually had a near eastern ancient history major (laughs) which makes me a complete nerd just so we're cool all right but i studied this group called the gnostics if you want to google them it actually starts with the letter g so g-n-o-s-t okay gnostics and the gnostics would create extra-biblical commentary. They would attach biblical names to anti-biblical records so that they could gain credibility. The bottom line is all the documents were frauds. They were frauds. One of the key teachings of this group called the Gnostics, one of the key teachings of Gnosticism was that Jesus didn't have a physical body. Gnostics hated Acts chapter 4 or Acts chapter 1, verse 4, because it states that Jesus ate. It's hard to eat when you don't have a physical body. If you're just an apparition, you eat something, it just kind of drops on through, and that's just weird, right? This was put there on purpose as a confirmation of the literal and bodily resurrection of Jesus. Here's the good news. We serve a risen Savior, and the foundation of the church was built on this truth, and it's still built on it now. Jesus died physically, came back to life physically. It was the whole package. He took care of everything when he defeated death once and for all. Thirdly, he names his witnesses. So I was actually called as a legal witness once in a legal court proceeding, and I was a little freaked out. I'd been called to witness in a trial, and the reality of the fact that I was gonna actually have to testify in front of people, that was a little intimidating. So they called my name, I walked to the front. They actually were still doing the Bible thing, which I thought was cool. (laughs) Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Absolutely, why? Because I have decided, okay, that was easy. Then I sat down, and here's what was weird. I knew the judge, personally. I knew the defendant. He actually waved hello when I walked in. (laughs) Hi, Pastor Graham. (laughs) I knew the plaintiff, and because of my connection to Christ the King, I knew one of the lawyers, the bailiff, two of the sheriff's deputies, and most of the gallery. No pressure, right? Those are our people right there, right? Sat down, told my part of the story. In the line of questioning, the defense attorney made it very, very clear that he did not like me or my story. In fact, can I turn into a four-year-old for a second? He was mean to me. (laughs) My favorite part was when the judge said, you can go. And I did. And I never want to do that ever, ever again. I noticed when I was put on the stand that I was characterized as a material witness which means I had some information about the case that was relevant. I didn't have any expertise, just my experience. Well, I want you to listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, because Jesus is about to call you to the stand. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Today, you have been named witnesses here's what's important you will be my witnesses it's plural that means we're going to do this together we're going to testify to the transforming power of jesus and we're going to testify together not alone not isolated not in our own little corner or pocket of the world no we're going to testify with one voice corporately that jesus is our everything one of the greatest obstacles people are facing right now is loneliness we're not emotionally connected because it doesn't feel like we're physically connected over and over in the series i've gone through the the names that were put in the box and i saw it over and over again alone isolated by myself no one sees me invisible the name witnesses is plural because none of us should experience loneliness but boy we do don't we here's what we're going to do about that Laurel and I are ready to drop another podcast episode this week it's on the topic of loneliness we did some work with a, with a search engine uh, optimization company they're a bunch of data people they actually come from Holland and they sat down with their computers one day and they just started clicking away, clicking away, clicking say Grant, here's what we can tell you according to the data the most googled question at 3 o'clock in the morning in Watcom County is the question why am I so lonely? It's so important to address our isolation and move towards togetherness. So I just want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the social media and the links for opportunities to join the conversation because we started the conversation and then realized it was so much bigger. We'd love to hear your experiences and your feedback and then we'll do another episode somewhere down the road. We have been named witnesses together which begs the question, what kind of witness will you be? kind of witness will you be according to cornell law there's something called a character witness a character witness can testify on behalf of another as to that person's positive or negative character traits and the person's reputation in the community i know a lot of people inside of the worldwide church that would be qualified as a character witness and it kind of sounds like this i like jesus he's he's okay i enjoy his teachings I believe he's one of the most moral people to ever live, and I I can only hope one day to be as nice as he was. I can testify to the character of Jesus because I really believe he was a, a very nice man, a very good teacher, and that's as far as it goes. Many people love the character of a Jesus, but that's as far as they are willing to go when it comes to testifying to who he truly was. Second kind is an expert witness. According to Cornell Law, An expert witness is someone with specialized skills or knowledge or experience who testifies in court about what he or she believes has happened in a certain case based on those specialized skills, knowledge, or experience. Unlike any other witness who can testify only about what they've seen, felt, heard, smelled, or touched, an expert witness can draw conclusions and give their opinions as part of their testimony in the church world an expert witness sounds like this oh i know jesus all right (laughs) i can quote you chapter and verse i want a lot of bible quizzing competitions and i have the trophies to prove it i understand religion very very well and i have become an expert on all things pertaining to life and faith i've read a lot of books i'm very smart and i can state categorically that jesus is jesus and i don't think i'm far behind come on, pastor. Third kind is a hostile witness. According to Harvard Law, a hostile witness is a witness who testifies against the party who's called the person to testify. In the church world, here's how a hostile witness sounds. They say, oh, I have a place for Jesus. I just can't stand his followers. So I've stepped away from them and I'm going to do this on my own. I have no use for brothers and sisters in the faith because they don't measure up and anything that they say is going to be held against them in the court of my judgment and I will swiftly pronounce my judgment upon them because they are always wrong and I am completely and totally right. Just so we're clear, those first three kinds is not what Jesus is looking for. Number four, a material witness. That's a witness who possesses information going to some fact that affects the merits of the case. Generally, the information the material witness possesses has strong probative value. I don't even know what that means. So you can ask Randy Watts, he'll clarify it for us. (laughs) Randy's my favorite legal guy. And if any, other witnesses who possess the same information. In the church world, it sounds like this inside and outside of the church world. A material witness says, oh, I know some things about faith, but not enough to actually substantiate the messianess of Jesus, so I'm just gonna be spiritual. And that's as far as it goes. I'm so glad there's a fifth option. (laughs) According to Harvard Law, this is the description of an eyewitness. An eyewitness is a person who's actually seen an event and can testify to the reality of that event in court. An eyewitness follower of Jesus sounds like this. Oh, I have seen firsthand both the truth of the claims of Jesus as the Son of God and God the Son, and I will boldly testify to anyone at any time that I've been transformed by Jesus Christ. I have decided and because of his transformation in my life I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes so if you need me to testify this is my testimony look at what Jesus has done and is doing you want to know what an eyewitness looks like you just saw it they're dripping wet in the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Here's my call to you. Claim the name of witness. I witness and pursue with all of your passion to become an eyewitness for the gospel, who lives out the character of the Jesus that you serve, who knows with expert skill how to rightly divide the word of truth, who's laid aside all of your hostility towards the church as the bride of Christ and has chosen instead to be hostile towards sin itself and pursue its complete removal for the sake of your witness and your testimony, okay? Think about this for a moment. I want you to feel the weight of it. If you were accused of being a follower of Jesus Christ, would there be enough evidence to convict you? This is not about your past. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is about your present right now. If today you were accused of being a follower of Jesus Christ, the Jesus from the Bible, Not that Jesus' culture has made up. The Jesus from the Bible, if you were accused of being his follower, would there be enough evidence to convict you? One more little piece. One element of this word witness is a little sobering. The word that God chose for witness here is the same word that can be translated martyr. Following Jesus involves dying, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) You die to yourself. You die to your ego. You die to your selfish agenda. You die to your anger. You die to your frustration. You die to your opinion. You die over and over and over again. And out of that, you're raised to life. It's the only exchange in human, the human experience where you down, lay down everything, but you get more than everything in return. <laughs> this is not for the faint of heart. So before you pass out from fear, let's take a look at three gifts that Jesus left us and left his witnesses to sustain us in the days that are about to come. Jesus gives his witnesses three gifts. We still have them today. My imagination, it just runs wild when I think about these kinds of stories. I mean, the disciples are there, and Jesus is there, and then Jesus says he's leaving. Can you imagine the responses? Can you imagine doubting Thomas? Like, okay, where are you going and when are you coming back? Can you imagine Peter in his big mouth? It's just like, no, no, no. No, come back. I want to do that walk on water thing again. That was really good. James and John, the sons of thunder. I wonder if their response is, "Jesus, you get back down here right now." <laughs> what a moment. Jesus is gone, but before he goes, here are the gifts that He gives. Number one, a blessing. The Bible says in Luke 24:50, Jesus blessed them to do His work and act on His behalf. You have the same blessing. Jesus said, "You will be my witnesses." In Bellingham and Linden and Everson and Nooksack and Blaine and Sudden Valley, you will be my witnesses. In Whatcom County, Washington State, the United States of America, North America, and to the uttermost corners of the world, you will be my witnesses. He gives us a blessing. And then he gives us a promise. Listen to these promises I will be with you always, always. You will receive power. I mean, they were were joyful. The Bible actually says they went back to Jerusalem joyful, which is crazy to me because you know who was waiting for them in Jerusalem? The Roman Empire. And they were hunting Jesus' followers. They went back with joy. Why did they go back with joy? Because they knew they were not alone. They knew they were not alone. I mean, God had given them power of God's presence in the great commission and now he says I want you to go to Jerusalem why? because the Holy Spirit's going to show up here's an interesting note, there is a delay between the time they leave and the time they receive the Holy Spirit they actually had to wait for it boy isn't waiting tough when you feel like you should be actively doing something, I need to do something but Luke 24 49 says wait until you are clothed with Holy power wait until this divine exchange has happened jesus is gone but there's another one coming with enough power to be able to enable you to do this mission and here's the deal don't try to do the mission on your own if you do it's going to completely mess it up now you need to wait and only utilize god's power there's another promise in here you got a blessing and then you've got promises here's one of the best promises of all oh that jesus that left he's coming back coming back if it's up to me, I vote today. Like this afternoon about 1.20, just to put us out of our misery, right? Like just get us out of here, right? Some of you caught that, some of you missed it completely. <laughs> Coming back. <laughs> no more floods. No more cancer, no more death, no more funerals, no more quitting, coming back. One more gift, it's actually the mission. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to love people as Jesus loved them. You know, the end of this story is kind of funny to me. There's this group of people, right, standing there looking up, Staring at the sky. Have you ever been walking down a street and come upon a group of people that were all like standing there looking up? What do you do? <laughs> you look up, right? <laughs> what are they looking at? My college buddies and I, we, we would be so bored in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, we would do that sometimes. We'd just go to a street corner and stand there and look up, see how many people would join us. <laughs> it was cr- <laughs> bored, right? So here the disciples are standing there just looking up, and suddenly two angels clothed in white are suddenly standing there in the crowd (laughs) I just picture it tap them on the shoulder hey guys looking up's important oh it is Jerusalem's that way (laughs) go like we need you to go here's a key truth for us as we wrap up today looking up and moving out are not the same thing but they're both vitally important I mean, I think there's a delicate balance between spending time with the Father, looking up, but then moving out to do the work of the kingdom. I mean, God's calling his church this week. We need to do more than just look up. We need to get busy. We need to help practically. We need both. Now, don't get me wrong, because I think this can be misinterpreted. There's value in looking up. Do you know why we worshiped this morning? Because we needed to look up. We need to get our eyes off of everything else that's going around and look to the God of heaven. But then comes that moment when you've got to move out. Sometimes you need to move out and look up at exactly the same time. I mean, they, they, they work together and it's so important that we do that. I was looking for some way to explain this and I do some, I do some strange research sometimes. So I've been studying buzzards just stay with me okay i know it's weird but i've been studying buzzards so if you put an eight foot pen three feet high around a buzzard it will stay there for the rest of its life it's a complete prisoner because a buzzard needs 10 to 12 feet of runway in order to start flying without space to run out it can never lift up it needs to be able to go out before it can lift up it needs both lifting up and going out in order for it to actually get off of the ground it needs space to run you you put a pen around it it's not going anywhere it's just going to sit there studying buzzards (laughs) also been studying bats (laughs) i'm not bored it's just part of the job okay have you ever watched a bat fly in the air they're incredibly nimble Here's something you may not know about a bat. You put a bat on the ground, it can never fly. A bat cannot take off from level ground. In fact, if you put it on the ground, all it's going to do is wobble around and walk in circles. You know what a bat needs? A bat needs six inches of up before it can go out. It needs just the slightest bit of elevation so it can throw itself into the air. All it needs is one flap. It needs to go up before it can go out it needs both the buzzard needs out before up the bat needs up before out are we starting to track here are we making sense can we add another one buzzards bats bumblebees that the, they're all bees and isn't that cool <laughs> isn't that cool if you take a bumblebee and put it in a glass container with the top open it will stay inside of that glass till it dies See, the bee is obsessed with trying to get through the side. It will never see the means of escape at the top, but instead it's always trying to find out some way, either through the sides or the bottom. It's seeking a way of escape where none exists. You know what that bumblebee needs? It needs up so it can go out. I came to church today. Why? Because we need to look up. And in just a few moments, actually about three minutes from now, the holiest moment of church is going to happen when the people of God move out into the community to be what Jesus has called us to be. And make no doubt, he named you today, my witnesses. My witnesses. Last truth, in order to live as God's witnesses, you must look up and move out. These people today that were baptized? Did you notice their body posture when they came up out of the water? Which direction were they looking? (laughs) You know what they're preparing to do now? They need to move out. Can't stay here in the tank. Boy, it'd be nice if you could. It sits right around about 98. It's really comfortable in that tank. You could just stay in there and splash and host a pool party. Like, let's just stay inside. It's okay, we can tuck ourselves in. It's really, really good. And Jesus would be like, no, 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 no came here to look up so you can move out. And believe me, this week, you're gonna need to to move out and at times you're gonna be moving out amongst the community and and something's gonna happen in in your head and inside of your heart and here's your response. You need to look back up again. This is a week when we have the potential to own a new name. A name that Jesus has given each and every one of us. You will be his witnesses. May you be an eyewitness who testifies to the power of the transformative engagement of Jesus within your heart. May you walk boldly everywhere you go with a name or a statement emblazoned on your chest. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Would you stand with me as we pray? And if you're at home, if you'd like to join us in prayer, that would be wonderful as well. I know there are so many needs in our community right now. If you'd like to submit a prayer request so our prayer army can be praying for you, that would be fantastic. Whether it's for you or another person, you can do that at prayer.ctk.church. And we take that very seriously here. If you send us a prayer request, you will have an army of people praying specifically for you or for someone that you know and love today. There are no small prayer requests. So send them to us and we will pray. Let's pray together as we close. Father God, thank you for the name of witnesses today. Lord, and may we seriously engage with that name today. God, help us to be strong. Help us to be bold. Lord, help us to testify this week. Lord, may our testimony be one, not about what we've done for Jesus, but everything that Jesus has done for us. God, may we be humble. May we be engaged. May we be active, Lord. May we look up and move out, move out and look up. God, may we engage fully as the disciples did because the truth is this, God. You took a little group of people and started a worldwide movement. Do it again. Father God, we pray, do it again. And may it start here and ripple to the ends of the earth. We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Be blessed and be active, His witnesses. You're out of here. God bless you.